1: single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal
2: they say to truly understand someone you must walk a mile in their shoes well at lexus we design the es with
3: you in mind every step of the way from class leading legroom to positioning the touchscreen four inches closer everything in the lexus es a direct reflection of you click the banner to discover more experience amazing at your lexus dealer
2: 2022 ES versus 2021 2022 competitors. Information from manufacturers' websites as of 5 3 2021.
3: Goldilocks Productions broadcasts universal cosmic frequencies that unlock, awaken, and expand the consciousness of our worldwide viewers and listeners.
0: Goldilocks Productions presents the Live from Little Bear Sanctuary
1: Show with Christopher Vane. Enjoy topics such as the vegan lifestyle, sanctuary media highlights, and spotlighting new rescues. Happy Friday, friends. Welcome to Live from Little Bear Sanctuary. I'm your host, Chris Vane. And we are broadcasting live on the Goldilocks Production YouTube channel and the Little Bear Sanctuary Facebook page. If you're watching us live today on this Friday, August 13th, 2021. Don't forget to sign in. Say hello. Uh, Let us know where you're uh, tuning in from. And of course, all of our shows are on demand. If you miss anything or if you are not watching live, uh, we're on demand on the Goldilocks Productions YouTube channel and the Little Bear Sanctuary Facebook page, website, and YouTube channel. Um, We have a great show today. Uh, Not only do I have Uh, One guest, but I've got uh, most of the uh, Goat Games 2021 sanctuaries with us today. Uh, Let's get right to the show. Uh, My first guest is a vegan mom and high school guidance counselor. Uh, She just wrote her first children's book, Vegan Family. It's available on Amazon. And uh, I just happen to have a copy right here. Vegan Family, welcome to the studio, Randy.
5: Hi, thank you. I'm excited to be here.
1: I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy you made it. So uh, yeah, so we met on TikTok of all places, right? We sure
5: did. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and um, so, thank you for sending me a copy of this book. Thank you for being here. Um, the um, I know that um, there's a lot of controversy sometimes over vegan kids, which is so ridiculous. I wonder if you could. Right. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about that. I'm sure you've dealt with it many times.
5: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, my son is two now um, and he's been vegan since birth. Um, And it's definitely something I think that people actually question it a lot more when you're pregnant. Or before okay. you have a child than yeah. when you actually have a child. I think, okay. you know, people are better at keeping their opinions to themselves when there's a real live small person in front of them. <laughs> yeah. um, but there is like a lot of misinformation about nutrition, yeah. and a lot of assumptions that perhaps if I'm raising my child vegan, I'm not doing research, right. um, that I don't have Google at my fingertips. Also. Yeah. Um, to figure out how to make sure that my son is getting everything that he needs.
1: Yeah, protein. Right, it's always the protein question.
5: And <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't know the specifics. Um, I can't. I you know, I don't know them by heart. But the amount of protein a toddler needs is like nothing. Like it's, it's, not, it's not-,
2: not at
1: all. Yeah, I mean, it's and- the same for adults. People think that it's all about the protein. And actually we don't really need that much on a daily basis. So I usually ask people, well, how much protein do you need? And then <laughs> they're like,
5: uh. Right, I don't know, a lot. I need a lot. I need it a lot in every meal. Yeah, um, right. But there's also so much protein in things that like, in, in vegetables yeah. and in plant-based milks. Yep. Um, and we, or well, certain plant-based milks, not all of them. Some of them are just delicious. <laughs> um, you know, but we feel like really excited every time we go to a well visit and the doctor's telling us, you know, his iron level is perfect. He's in the 95th percentile for height. Like all the things that, you know, I'm warned. You're gonna have a vegan baby, they're gonna be little, they're gonna have iron deficiencies. Uh,
1: yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, I can't even imagine. Um, so um, Tell me about the book what 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 brought you to write this book um i love the illustrations by the way they're really cool
5: thank you yeah my my partner abby my uh, my illustrator um she's amazing i'm so glad that she and i found each other to work on this project um for me i've always been a writer i've always been an entrepreneur um and i always imagined i would write a book i don't know if it necessarily was a children's book i probably have about like half of a memoir written from my 20s somewhere Um, and when my son was born, I started buying all the vegan children's books. And there are, there are many, and there are many that are delightful. Um, but I didn't feel that as a vegan parent, someone who's been vegan for a long time, raising a vegan child from birth, there were, there were really books that connected to our journey. Um, I felt yeah. like a lot of them really were towards people that were going vegan or wanted to teach kindness to animals. Yep. And they didn't necessarily speak to the journey of a child who grows up not really understanding that what they eat is different until they go to school or go to parties or become exposed to um, people outside of their nuclear family. And especially as a pandemic baby, you know, my child does not have much exposure in non-vegan restaurants, at parties, at with outside of like our close knit family, and so he's going to have a rude awakening when he shows up at pre-K and can't share snacks.
1: Yeah, yeah, gosh, you know, I we I have a friend who is raising two vegan kids, and um, one is just going to first grade now, first time, you know, and uh, yeah, she's a little worried. you know what's the other kid's gonna say? Here, have some of my candy. Or you know, what, what, what can you? Make? It is what it is, right? Right. Um, all you can do is is teach them and um and uh, and and you know what I love about this book. Um, not only do you cover like the physical aspects of veganism, but also the emotional and the psychological aspects. And I think you did it really in a great way, um, showing. Uh, little snippets of, you know, animals in cages and uh, what it's going to be like emotionally when you're out there, you know? And I, I don't think a lot of, I don't think there's a lot of kids' books that do that.
5: Right. And that's, you know, it's funny because, well, you know, when we wrote it or when I wrote it and, you know, Abby started illustrating it to go with my ideas, um, sort of the purpose of it almost developed as it was happening, right? Right. Um, like, I'm not sure what kind of vegan children's book I set out to write, but as we illustrated it, um, you know, we really realized, like, this is, these are the things that come up in vegan homes for vegan parents and vegan young people um, that are hard. They're hard to address. They're hard to know what to say. Um, and maybe putting them out there to my two-year-old now that is is easier than letting him be shocked when he's seven or eight.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I just, like I said, I can't imagine. It's gotta be, um, it's gotta be rough. Um, all the family, vegan, great uh, I mean, my, like myself, that, or... my
5: husband, and my, my son, the three of us are vegan. Three of
1: us, yeah. I hear you have six cats.
5: We do. We have two six cats, they are not vegan.
1: <laughs> they're not vegan. No. <laughs> I was um, hoping you'd be surrounded by all the kitties today.
5: You know, it's funny. Um I'm in my I in my studio. I'm also a jewelry maker and so oh, yeah, they yeah. they know they're not really allowed in here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Probably a spark. Um uh, tell me about your journey to veganism. How did that all start?
5: Um You know, I think that there are some people that are just, like, innately, like, not animal eaters. Um, And I, you know, I obviously can't really relate or retell, like, the story of my journey to vegetarianism. But I've been a vegetarian since birth. My parents are not vegetarians. My parents were hippies. um, And they just didn't make me eat what I didn't want to eat. And I never ate meat. I never my mom said she would feed me meatballs and I would spit them in her face like it just it was just not It was not part of my it just wasn't part of my self like my actual self um
1: I I, growing up I was a big cheese head all I wanted to do was eat cheese I never liked meat um and when I found out what veal was at like eight years old I was like
5: ah right yeah right it's horrifying yeah So, yeah, I also, I grew up on American cheese sandwiches. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And, you know, as I got older, um, I guess, you know, we're indoctrinated to believe that milk is good for us and that cows are happy and Mm -hmm. that this is normal. Um, And obviously, as I got older and I became a woman and I started to explore being a feminist, I realized um, that I was incorrect. (laughs) Yeah. and my husband and I went vegan together. He was a meat eater, okay. um, and I was a vegetarian. But interestingly enough, he was just allergic. He was allergic to dairy. He's allergic to dairy from birth. Okay. So when we started dating, we started going to vegan restaurants for fun. Yeah. Um, just so we could share food, and so yeah. we could have like a nice experience, right. and we, you know, got to be to know vegans and really start learning about living a vegan life. And we decided to go vegan together about eight eight, nine years ago.
1: Oh, that's awesome. It's always easier when the family's involved. It makes such a huge difference.
5: Yeah, I, I don't think, I, I know a lot of people do it and their partners are not vegan. And I think that food is such a huge part of American culture and how we relate to each other, yeah. um, that it really, it really must be a strain on a, on a relationship. I'm very grateful that I have a partner that shares the same ideals that I do.
1: Yeah, I don't think I could do it at this point in my life. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I know quite a few. I guess it's one thing if you've met and you both were eating meat and then, but yeah, I don't think I could knowingly go into a relationship with a meat eater, but thank goodness I don't have to worry about that. So, <laughs> my hubby's vegan and obviously we, uh, we, uh, we love our animals to death, so.
5: Right, of course. (laughs) I (laughs) mean,
1: so jewelry maker. Yes. Do You do like vegan jewelry? Like have a.
5: I do. Um, It's not like the big focus of my business. Um, I do. um, I do a lot of kind of like snarky phrases. I'm a hand stamper, so I. um, I do a lot of different types of. Uh, I don't know, phrases, words. Yep. I, so I do have, um, if you were to go to my website, I do have a lot of vegan jewelry. I have a lot of vegan baby clothes. I have a lot of things for vegans, but I also have a lot of things for cat parents. Um,
2: okay. <laughs> <that works.
5: laughs> um, and I, I definitely uh, have a feminist vibe to my shop. Um, So it's, it's sort of like a, uh, an expression of my whole self, right? I, I think that, being vegan is a huge part of my identity, but it's not my entire identity. And I think that my, uh, my jewelry business definitely encompasses all of uh, the parts of me.
1: Yep. Yeah. Um, you brought up the word feminism a couple times. And yeah. <laughs> um, feminism, the dairy industry, I think that people who are not vegan don't connect the two. Uh, um, let's talk about that a little. Oh my
5: god! I, I mean, as
1: a, I know, we got to get. It's got to be a little bit heavy, right?
5: As as a mother, yeah. like I don't even. When I've tried explaining, and in, in my and in my connection or my my connection to veganism has grown even stronger um, since I became a mother. Um, and before I was a mother, I was more, I had more time to maybe, um, volunteer for an animal sanctuary or we did a lot of cat rescue. And I don't have that kind of time now, but my connection to being vegan is so much stronger. Like, I can't, I can't even imagine having my child taken from me and then be milked. I don't want to be milked anymore. Yeah. Like, I, I barely wanted to produce milk for my own child. <laughs>
1: yeah. Like,
5: yeah. I, I can't, and like to, to have, be, to be a mother and to not recognize that like, we're stealing babies from mammals that we know have similar genetic makeups to ourselves, have similar connection to their young as we do. Um, and, and then hook them up to machines and, and milk them for eternity.
1: Yeah. So they can't be used anymore. Yeah, it's it's truly it's truly sad. Um, I I had a conversation with um, someone who came to visit it was probably six months ago, and didn't realize that um, cows need to give birth in order to produce milk. And she was completely shocked when I told her that. And I was surprised because I just assumed everybody knew that. But, um, yeah. I think
5: that we just don't, like, I mean, I, like, that's what I'm, like, that's my point. Like, as a mother now, like, it's, like, the whole picture is so clear. Yeah. And before, it was just cows needed to be milked, right? We all saw, like, cartoons and the cows had full, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, full udders that needed to be milked. It was funny. It sprayed everywhere. Like, it was so benign,
1: Yeah. 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 It's um, and that's and we're just lightly touching the subject. You know, it's a lot worse than that. Um, Right. Of course. Because they have you know, forcibly impregnated and their male babies are taken away, made into veal or just discarded on a trash pile. It's pretty sad. Yeah. And,
5: you know, I think an interesting thing on, you know, on top of that is that so many people celebrate like the birth of animal babies, right? We people want to—I mean, forget you know when I want to go to zoos and aquariums. But people want to watch the yeah. birth of elephant calves and yeah. giraffe babies, and they're all so cute with their mothers.
1: Yes, yep.
5: And we're fascinated by by lion cubs and they you know and playing with their mothers and fathers and you know and whatever they're and there's like such a disconnect from the fact that like this like milk which is cheap. And that's another thing that I, you know, I always like think about like, like what, what things are worth, right? Like why, why is oat milk so much more expensive than dairy milk?
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, that's a good point.
5: Yeah. You know, so to turn mothers into commodities, like it's like, it like hurts like my, like it hurts my body. It hurts like my very essence. Um, And I didn't feel that before I had my own child.
1: No, that's, that's fascinating. I'm I'm glad we talked about it. Um, Yeah. Dairy is scary. It's just, (laughs) I I think in 10 years, the dairy industry will be gone. I really feel strongly about that. I think people are finally waking up. We're seeing that like, we're the only species that drinks another species milk. And it's baby, it's basically baby calf growth fluid that we're putting in our bodies you know, right, and those same people wouldn't even taste bones, like. I mean, it, there's such you know, even even health wise, it's the right. worst thing we can put in our body. And all it's right, a, well, it's amazing. You know,
5: and how many people do you think would drink human breast milk as adults?
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean,
5: it's 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 crazy.
1: It's, it's terrible. Yeah. Well, that was a fun conversation. <laughs> um. <laughs> uh, tell everybody where we can buy your book.
5: Um, well, you can buy my book basically everywhere. Um, you can buy it on my website, which is uh, madveganbooks.com. Um, but you can also buy it wherever you buy other books, Amazon online, Amazon, Target, Barnes and Noble, Walmart. My book is everywhere, which is super exciting.
1: Very exciting, yeah.
5: Yeah. Um it's also in vegan gift shops and um animal sanctuary gift shops and oh, cool. bookstores. We're we're working in that direction. Cool.
1: Very good. Um
5: so that's yeah. where I mean that's that's where I really like to see it more. I have it in, you know, some, but I would love to see it in more.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Well, congratulations on the book. I'm so happy you could come on the show today. Um, check out Randy's book, Vegan Family, Amazon, every place. Uh, I think Tiffany's going to put up your website. She already did, madveganbooks.com. And quickly tell everybody why mad.
5: <laughs> oh, it's mad because it, we're, we're not angry. We're actually very happy vegans. But between myself and um, my illustrator, Abby, we have three boys, Murray, Adrian, and Drake.
1: There you go. Awesome. Thanks for coming <laughs> on the show today and I'll see you on social media.
5: Thank you so much for having me. This yeah, was wonderful.
1: Absolutely. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. So, uh, yeah, check out, uh, I really like this book. I keep, I keep getting the like China. That's the book. Um, illustrations are really cute. Um, uh, and uh yeah it's let me show you guys a page here that i really liked uh, so i don't know if you guys can see it. Oh, there we go. i have to peek to see what you guys can see yeah, yeah really cheap book. check it out um all right we're going to move on to uh i don't even know who's here so let's see who's here <laughs> we're moving on to the sanctuaries Look at all these faces! Hi, everybody!
2: Look at all these faces! <laughs> oh, hey, how are
3: you
1: doing? Good, good. Hey, be here,
2: right
6: <laughs>
1: Chris. Kathy, Kathy Stevens. Hello,
2: sweet Chris. How are you? How are you, Kathy? I'm I'm hot. It's it's so oh, hot. Oh, you're hot!
1: Here. Oh, goodness! It's probably hotter here
2: than it is in <laughs> Florida.
1: Yeah, it's pretty brutal here. So I, I don't know. We have a tropical storm coming. So oh. sometimes. Uh oh. yeah, and uh <laughs> Jessica Harris, Global Federation of Animal Sanctuaries, Dan, Barn Sanctuary, how's it going, buddy? Hey, good. Danielle from Piedmont and Michelle at Wildwood. How's look at all these beautiful faces? All right. I know that Jessica has a crazy day. <laughs> so Jessica, I've talked about you guys constantly for the past year on my show. Yay! Uh, tell everybody uh, about GFAS, what they do, and and all that great stuff.
3: Yeah, sure. And I just want to make sure you guys can hear me okay. Yep. I am not technologically savvy, so (laughs) just make sure that's all set. Um, thank you so much for having me, Chris, and have to give a shout out to Randy, who was on before as a fellow vegan mom. I echo so much of what she feels and her experience, and it's always really cool to meet other vegan parents. Um, so really appreciate that and, um, have actually taken my daughter. Kathy's going to meet her soon. (laughs) Um, and, um, Danielle, you, I know, um. I've been at Piedmont with her because I'm from North Carolina originally. So anyway, um, she's definitely gonna be a sanctuary gal, but, um, more about G So I'm really happy to be here. And, um, with all of these awesome folks who I have, so all of you, I have so much, um, respect for and feel really, really grateful to work with every day. Um, you know, all of, you know, as uh, certified sanctuaries takes a lot, um, to do this. And GFAS uh, is sort of here to validate everything that you're doing. So for anybody watching who doesn't know, um, you know, the Global Federation of Animal Sanctuaries, which I always shorten to GFAS Mm -hmm. because it's a mouthful, um, (laughs) is responsible for certifying or accrediting um, true sanctuaries. And by that, we mean sanctuaries who are operating ethically, who are never exploiting their animals, um, who are sustainable. And, um, you know, the big focus of course, um, first and foremost is animal care and making sure that, um, the animals in their care are getting, uh, the best possible treatment. Um, and beyond that, making sure that, uh, on the operations perspective that, um, you know, that, that everybody, uh, is in it for the long run and can, can safeguard those animals. So that's always, um, you know, what we're here to do. And beyond that, to really, uh, set aside and differentiate, uh, sanctuaries who are doing, uh, really good and ethical work from all of the guys that I'm sure you guys contend with that are sort of those roadside zoos, pseudo sanctuaries, petting zoos, um, who call themselves a sanctuary because it can be a trendy, uh, trendy word nowadays and certainly attract um, certain types of people, um, but who are not always doing the right thing by animals. Um, And I know that you guys often get the fallout from that. Um, So our job here is to um, distinguish all of you and then continue to elevate the work that sanctuaries are doing. Um, And so, you know, the goal is that anybody who has an interest in Animals really, whether they're the public visit, you know, looking for a place to visit, whether they're donors, whether they're legislators—I mean, any stakeholder at all—if they see that GFAS stamp on your website, it means a lot at a glance. They understand um, sort of the caliber of sanctuary that they're dealing with, and so it's really um, our pleasure to uh, to set you guys apart that way.
1: So I know the word sanctuary is just thrown around by a lot of places, um, and the word nonprofit too, which sure. you know. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, I know you guys. Um, if, you, if we go to your website, you have a list of all the GFAST sanctuaries. Um, uh, <clears throat> what What does it take for uh, can any sanctuary become accredited or verified.
3: <laughs> you guys know the answer is no it takes a lot but um you know you it it um there's certainly a couple of things what you're getting at as far as like who qualifies. So um you know yes you do need to have um you know in the United States your 501c3 or your nonprofit status. Um of course we operate globally so if, um we you know, have to look at the. It's actually an interesting thing to look at how nonprofit struck is structured in different countries. Sometimes I have to kind of do my research to figure out uh, how to how to uh, know whether they are or not. But um, so yes, being a nonprofit or a charity in in whatever country you're operating in, um, you know, a big one that I think uh, all of you appreciate, and which I know uh, for me, if I see that you're a vegan sanctuary, I know that you have this in your head already, but, uh, we do not allow anything that would commodify animals. So, um, you know, of course, uh, when it comes to breeding, you cannot be breeding animals, unless we're talking about like a true, you know, wildlife, um, you know, conservation type program, uh, even that is very carefully, um, evaluated. Mm -hmm. Um, but more so that you're never using animals for their parts, for their, you know, milk, meat, anything else. Um, and that includes, you know, sort of using them even for uh, entertainment. And so, yep. uh, as all of you guys know, um, it's it's very clear to me often, especially on, in the farm space, um, you know, sometimes it's easier to distinguish that almost because I know all of you often are operating from sort of that vegan worldview. So, yeah. Um, you do not have to be a certain size, so you could be a micro sanctuary and still qualify to be GFAS certified. Um, but I will say that most of the time, um, you know, it takes sanctuaries often um, at least a couple of years operating, getting off the ground, to just establish all of those protocols um, that we ask to have in place. And as you guys all know, it's um, an intense process. So, <laughs> um, so uh, I, you know, I think those are the main main uh, qualifiers
1: not 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 too bad just a couple hundred pages of paperwork oh and, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
3: that's that's what my week is chris cuz i have accreditation next yeah, week yeah i know you have so accreditation that's what this my day week you
1: have an week yeah
3: yeah uh, <laughs> <of pages. laughs>
1: so globally um how many sanctuaries do we have now as part of the as part of the
3: group so we were so excited last year um we had this beautiful number that was like 200 by the end of 2020 Wow. Um, and so we have now surpassed two hundred. Um, and uh, I can tell you that um, most of the programs uh, have a lot of applicants, but the farm space is booming. So I have is a it? lot wow. a lot a lot of applicants. Um, so great. so many of you guys, yeah, who uh, are going to be hopefully joined by new new peers. but
1: fantastic. I'd like to hear right. that. Yeah. What percentage now of, I know it was like 3% of sanctuaries for a while that globally that are Yeah. Accredited. As far as
3: who's accredited, it's yeah. very small. Yeah. It so, is. you know, um, it's interesting because I, it's sort of a side project of mine that I'd like to get uh, better estimates globally of how many farm sanctuaries are currently in operation. And I don't have those numbers, but um, several different sort of estimates that I've seen for um, North America uh, are well over 400. Um, so if okay. you guys realize that we're under 30 sanctuaries currently certified in the farm space, wow. um, you are the elite. And not to say, you know, I know of many sanctuaries who are doing an excellent job who are not yet certified Um, and that does not, you know, sort of exclude them from, from that level of excellence, but, um, of course, uh, send them my way.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's worth it. It's definitely worth it. Um, um, it was the first thing that I planned on doing when I opened the sanctuary. So we're really so excited to be verified by you guys and maybe certified soon. We'll see. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
3: I, um, you know, as many of you know, um, having kind of come into uh, directing the farm program since the beginning of this year myself, um, had been doing some work with GFAS prior, but um, I, it has just been a personal mission of mine to continue to kind of network with you guys and bring everybody together. Um, partially because it's, I, I love knowing what everybody's doing. Like, it's <laughs> so cool to like hear from you guys and, and support you however I can. Um, and I know we'll be talking a lot about goat games, and that's uh, really what that's about. We were so excited when Kathy and Catskill approached us to co-host this year, because um, it's it's one more way we can we can try to help everybody. So,
1: yeah, I'm excited too. I always like to know what everybody's doing. <laughs> I know.
3: I know. Well, people are like. You know, I, I'm like, I need my animal fix. This is like the first time in my life that I'm more at my computer than like out doing animal care somewhere. And okay. it's kind of hard. So sometimes people send me little videos and pictures. I'm like, send more. Oh.
1: Are you doing the site visits now? Who's doing the site visits? Yes. The... Yes. Yeah. I mean, oh, awesome. You know,
3: we do them kind of regionally. And especially okay. during the pandemic, we've been a little more uh, grounded close to home. So, um, that's why Kathy will <laughs> um, see me soon because we're all we're both in the Northeast. But um, yeah, that's I'm up here, so haven't been able to venture uh, okay. down okay. to you guys yet, Chris. But
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to see. seeing you one of these days.
3: <laughs> yeah, just for fun too.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks for being on the show today. I'm really excited that you are here. And uh, I know you have a crazy day. So if you need yeah. to run, feel free to run. I'll leave it up to you.
3: Thank you. Thank you so much for having us, Chris. Yeah, absolutely. All- I'm,
1: I'm, it's great to see everybody. Yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah, and um, for all you do, we really appreciate you. Thanks. Thank
1: you. Thanks. Appreciate it. All right. I thought I'd just go alphabetically. So that, that's that's you, Dan. Dan from Barn Sanctuary.
6: Um, let me get your notes up Okay. Here. I just got to say hi, oh. Kathy. <laughs> it's good seeing you. <laughs> Let me, How's it going, Dan? Let me unmute. Hi, Dan. Good uh, to see your smiling face. Oh, thanks. Yes. The Goat Games, I am so, I'm actually a naturally competitive person. Uh, I'm not <laughs> so, <serious>. Oh, boy. <laughs> so it's perfect for fundraising and, and uh, getting people to donate and get awareness yeah. that there are so many sanctuaries out there. Um, yeah. So it's cool. a lot of fun tell everybody a little bit about barn sanctuary. Sure. Yeah. Barn sanctuary. Uh, I started it back in 2016. Um, the farm, uh, it's been a kind of a family farm, uh, for the last 140 years, over 140. Um, but it was actually in my family. It was kind of just stagnant for 30 years with nothing being done. And my dad reached out and said, what should we do? And so I uh, recently got done reading a, Gene Bauer's book, living a farm sanctuary life. And I'm like, I want to do that. (laughs) And I recently went vegan. And so I was just very ambitious. Um, And so we home uh, about 130 rescued animals. Um, We have uh, an amazing staff. We're located just outside Ann Arbor, Michigan. Um, And it was really cool because right when we were starting, uh, Kathy actually came and did a visit and was just like, Yeah, I think you guys got something here. Yeah. And and it was just so cool to have her there at such an early stage. Yeah. Because I remember her saying, it's tough. I'm like, now looking back, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's an understatement. (laughs) Oh, boy.
2: I don't think there's any
6: preparation you can do for. No. No, nothing. Uh, But I love it. And it's so yeah. much, uh, and it's, it's really great being able to tell, uh, stories with the animals to be able to learn about the animals, um, and then work with such, uh, amazing people as well that are wow. starting sanctuaries and have had sanctuaries, um, and still do it. It's, I can't, I'm, it's unbelievable how many farm animal sanctuaries there are in the United States, <laughs> yeah. literally, you know, because people can just Google it and there'll be one in their backyard, basically. Seriously. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, um, but yeah, we're really excited about the Goat Games. Uh, I know my dad already kind of put, uh, kind of created a 5K route on the farm and he uh, walked it yesterday. <laughs> like, dad, it doesn't even start now. He's like, I know, but I want to be precise, man. <laughs> um, <what> <laughs> yeah, it's my dad. Um, uh, and he works at the sanctuary too. So he's like, he uh, does okay. all of our uh, family business compounding and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah.
1: So I know
6: you have a show on Animal Planet. Oh, yeah, not anymore. Not anymore. Yes, they decided not. They decided to go into a different direction, Um, and and that's okay. Uh, You know they. Welcome
1: to Total Wine and More. I'm firing up the grill for burgers and want to impress the neighbors.
6: You'll love
1: this Cabernet with your burgers. Wow, great price! Find what you love,
5: love what you find. At Total Wine & More, drink responsibly, P-21.
3: Family. It looks a little different for everyone. For some, it's mom and dad. For others, roommates who feel like family. And for others, it's your significant other, their golfing buddies, your children, a high school soccer team starting lineup, and oh look, they're all taking you up on the offer to stay for dinner. Really testing the limits of that phrase. The more the merrier.
4: But no matter where you
3: call home, GEICO makes it easy to bundle and save on home and car insurance. Easier than making three frozen pizzas and assorted frozen veggies into a cohesive meal.
6: I think they greenlit a show about pimple popping on for animals or something like that. And I'm like, okay, I don't know if I want to be on that network right now. Uh, but, um, but, you know, it, we were super thankful to be able to uh, have that opportunity uh, to have 12 episodes on Animal Planet um super grateful. So it was a great experience. I was experience. so excited to
1: finally see a farm sanctuary get a show because I don't think it's been done before.
6: Yeah, I I don't know, not on that big of a level before. Yeah. I was honestly surprised that we got it or we they were willing to do it, you know, a vegan farm animal sanctuary. Um it was it was definitely a uh, you know, walking kind of like a fine line of not being really preachy about the mission because it would just turn Animal Planet in the opposite direction running, but yeah. the fact that people—I was wondering about that. that. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. definitely interesting. It, it changed throughout the filming process. They were actually—they're like you know—they included you know, what would happen if you don't take in this animal? It would go to the market for slaughter, or or you know, all this stuff. And they included it, and I thought there's a lot of stuff they didn't include. Yeah. Um, but uh, that's okay. Uh, it's, you know, we got to meet where it, it was. The point was to capture a large audience. And oh. um, people c- could see that the animals all had individual names and individual personalities. And I don't think people really have seen that on a, a global scale. Um, it's still airing in Brazil. Brazil has the most amount of reruns. And oh, so we I always, we that always that. get messages. That's, uh, that's yeah. That's it is yeah it brazil is, is a big
1: meat country right been,
6: yeah 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 and it's i always get messages in different in and uh was it portuguese and i just have no idea what they're saying <laughs> i'm like thanks thumbs up uh, but super appreciative and uh yeah it's it was exciting um i'm glad we're not doing another season because it, it was yeah. it was really stressful for the staff and the animals and um, cameras on
1: you all day long
6: all that, yeah six months 12 hour days it's Wow, brutal yeah. yeah yeah so but you know it was great and we're we're lucky to have had that opportunity
1: yeah that's awesome i know you're writing a children's book is it about to come out is it almost coming out yeah it- so
6: um one of our uh, board members our interim executive director right now is uh I was like, Hey man, I'm really bad at writing my own bios. Can you help me out? And, uh, I didn't read it all the way through and I'm like, Oh, he mentioned the kids book. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, that. yeah, no, it's okay. It, it should be coming out early March. Um, it's, uh, it's going to be, I don't even know if about to talk about it. It's gonna, it's, uh, the, <laughs> this farm is a family and okay. it's, it, it's mainly for us, uh, you know, I believe four to 10 year olds. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's pretty cool because the animals are kind of like, you know, Toy Story in the movie. They have their own lives going on.
0: Oh, uh, it's this,
6: yeah, it's really cool. And yeah. um, it talks about anxiety and stress uh, for one of our uh, newer residents, Buttercup, um, and how the entire crew, uh, like little dude and Ginger, all cared about her. It was really cool. It's really cool. <laughs> I'm excited. Yeah. Tell us about your mascot for, for the Goat Games. Oh, Lola princess lola she's so adorable uh she's great yeah she's such a princess and (laughs) i hope she feels the same way that i'm calling her a princess but no uh (laughs) but uh yeah she's great uh i we got her in iowa uh she was born outside um during the winter the the farmer didn't know that they had triplets they just thought they had twins so she got frostbite and had to have her back uh, hind of legs amputated. And uh, it, it was pretty crazy because I, br- I got her back to the farm and I have old footage of her running with her legs. And, you know, you could tell that they were just, there wasn't really nothing there. And, um, but yeah, she has prosthetics. She does underwater therapy, uh, pretty local here and uh, does, gets light therapy done. And, oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah So she just got some new prosthetics made, which I'm very happy about. Who did them? uh, His name is uh, Josh Ark Ortho, and uh, he's actually local, same town.
0: Oh, Um, wow. What are the chances?
6: Yeah, just I was at a wine bar with my dad, and his wife comes up to me. He's like, my husband wants to make animal prosthetics. (laughs) And he makes them for kids. (laughs) He made them for kids. And so he's just... And he's so hands-on. He drives out and he does it. He loves doing all the fittings himself. Um, and, you know, he just got uh, use of this massive 3D printer. And so he just made some new ones for Lola and they're perfect. So, so cool! Wow. yeah, Arc that's Ortho. Cool. Uh, so, oh, yeah, awesome. check him out. He's really cool.
1: I know um, Tiffany's been posting everybody's websites and. Uh, oh, cool great information. Um, so I, we'll have everybody's website up in the donation links. Um, Thank you. I, yeah. Did I miss anything?
6: I, I don't think so. Um, right. awesome. This is a lot of fun. I am yeah. competitive. So to, yeah. I people, I'm like, but it's just I've been looking at everybody's totals every day. Catskill yeah. is killing it. <laughs> I know. Coming after you. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, but it's really We cool. do have an
2: unfair advantage. But uh, you're not gonna catch.
6: But you're not gonna <laughs> catch us. You're not gonna catch us. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. No, it's a lot of fun. I'm excited for the opening ceremonies. I heard yeah, you guys are doing, doing something special, and that'll be fun to watch awesome. as well. Yeah, fantastic. Well, thank yeah. You Well, thank you so much for having me here. Yeah, thanks for thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. Yeah.
1: And speaking of Catskill.
2: Hi, it's Kathy Stevens. You, How are
1: you, Kathy Stevens?
2: i as I said. Oh, <laughs> sorry, that's my old pit bull. Have, having some things to say. Um, I'm just fine. Just fine. Excited about all of this. So grateful that everybody agreed to participate and uh, hope it's a whopping success in the week when it really counts, this upcoming week, and hope to expand it next year.
1: Yeah, tomorrow's the big day
2: yes it is yeah
1: tell everybody about Catskill Sanctuary
2: so we are in our 20th year which is hard Amazing. to believe wow. um but we were 150 acre sanctuary in New York's Hudson Valley when we rescue 12 species of farmed animals really 11 we don't officially uh take in rabbits anymore unless somebody dumps them in our driveway which is what happened with our last pair um, and you know we do what all sanctuaries do. You take these broken beings and you love them, and you you treat them all as individuals. And then they delight you in who they become and what they what lessons they offer, and um, how they become such heart opening and mind expanding ambassadors for all the rest of them. Um, and then we have an active education program with tours. And a um, cooking class and a, a cookbook, uh, and a podcast. So that's us in a nutshell.
1: Awesome, awesome. So, l- <laughs> um, how did the GOAT games begin? What, how did it all When did it all happen? You know,
2: actually, it, well, it uh, COVID happened, and yep. so. As all of you know, you've got to have, as a, as a sanctuary, lots of ways of bringing in money. And so one important way for us to bring in money was through special events. And all of a sudden, we couldn't have them anymore. We couldn't have our big event in Manhattan. We couldn't have our on-site events. So the group of us got together, and I don't remember, to be honest, probably one of our team who's listening now knows who came up with the original idea. But as soon as that person did, we all loved it. We just loved it as a way of engaging our supporters and doing what we're doing anyway, which is being outside and active in the summer. And um, so we, gave it a whirl but then to make it really a game. and it's funny because Dan you say you're competitive I don't know if he's on anymore but to me we are we are competing we're only competing against ourselves this is a very collegial thing and we're just trying each of us is trying to raise whatever goal we set so I'm just excited to cheer everybody on and hope that as a walloping success, uh, you know, that in a little over a week from now, we'll look back and, and say that every single one of us accomplished what we intended to and that we can look forward to an expanding it again next year.
1: That would be awesome. Yeah. Yes. So I got to meet you one uh, last year.
2: Yes. So people don't know this, but... Um, <laughs> We don't mm-hmm. have to
1: talk about it. Is it still top secret?
2: <laughs> well, it's not going to be anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we reached out to um, I, Jess. Jess, I think, GFAS. Yes. I think you guys. No, I think no. It was um... Valerie. No. Somebody. It was somebody. Yes. Oh, um, with a D. With a D. Her name. Yes. Was a D. Who? Carol. Daryl. Okay. Sorry. uh, Daryl. We we had uh, more pigs than our grounds could accommodate. Well, we took in 12 pigs. We had eight or nine pigs. We took in 12 piglets as part of a, uh, a rescue in collaboration with PETA. And another sanctuary was going to take half of them and once they actually got here the sanctuary could no longer take them so we these pigs we just had personality conflicts essentially what um and so we started looking around the country and as you guys all know but listeners not might not one pig is a force of nature They are a a pig is a force of nature. They are strong. They are willful. They are food driven. They let you know what's on their mind. Uh, They could drag you around as if you were a blade of grass. And so when you, we knew it was going to be a challenge to try to place half of these piglets We call them the piglets. We still call them the piglets. We still call them the
1: piglets. Oh, goodness. (laughs) six
2: years old. But so we were reaching out all over the country. We exhausted our options regionally and reached out to lots of organizations, including GFAS. And Daryl said there is this wonderful sanctuary in Florida called Little Bear. And I called Chris and he said, I think we could do it. And we had a series of conversations and I thought, is this man out of his mind? <laughs> and so I I flew down. I was actually down there for a conference, but made a point to go and visit to make sure, A, he wasn't out of his mind. And, and, <laughs> and B, that their, that their setup would work for these six adult pigs. And um, what struck me most, as I said to Chris, is... How in love with them, with him, the animals are, and that was all I really—the most important thing that I needed to see—that they adore him, <laughs> and you know the the pasture. I don't even know if you'd call them pastures because it's sand, but like these big, yeah. in, big enclosure. Well, we have
1: grass now. It's 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 rainy season.
2: <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, the, the enclosures are big. The only thing we were concerned about was the climate, the difference in the two climates, so we yeah. transported them down at, at a time of year that would make it, would be easiest for them, and they're doing great. Yeah, they are. So that's that's <laughs> how Chris and the piglets. By
1: piglets, you mean six big, 600-pound York yeah.
2: Six 600-pound pigs.
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 they uh, they're quite the crew. We love them. They love their belly rubs, man. I go in there and it's like, flop, 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 flop.
2: Yeah, they do. Pretty universal, right? (laughs) Totally.
1: Did I miss anything? Anything else you want to say?
2: No, just grateful to everybody for their support of whatever sanctuary it is that you're well, you're on Chris's show, so you're probably gonna support Little Bear. Don't support Dan. Definitely do not support Foreign Sanctuary. <laughs> he is competitive and nobody should give him a penny. <laughs> no. Uh, no. just grateful <laughs> to everybody. Grateful to you, Chris. I just love you and I love everybody who, I
7: really who
2: gets into the this work. And then once in it, realizes mother of God, this is harder than I ever possibly could have imagined. And yet reaches inward and finds what it takes to keep going. So-
1: Well said. Bunch of good people. Thank you, thank you. All right, on to Piedmont.
2: Hey
4: there. How are you? Doing well, thanks so much for this opportunity.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you made it. How's everything?
4: Going good. Yeah. yeah. It's tell also very hot here. So, uh, I
1: said, I said, yeah, everybody's like heat wave, not heat mm-hmm. wave time. So, tell everybody about Piedmont.
4: Yeah. So, we're located in Pittsburgh, North Carolina. Uh, we are home to a little over 120 residents. We've got goats, sheep, chickens, turkeys, ducks, geese. I think that's everything. And um, within the next year or so, we hope to start rescuing cows. So we're working on our cow uh, structure right now. So we're really excited about that. Um, and then the other big news is that we also just expanded pretty hugely in our land. So um, we went from 20 to 45 acres earlier wow, this year. Congratulations! Thank That's you. Awesome. Yeah, it's really exciting. Yeah, so yeah. we've got the land and we're now kind of fundraising for all of the things that go into getting it ready, yeah. um, building structures, having... Always fun, right? That's always fun. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Great. Great. Um, I think, yeah, Tiffany's putting up all your links. Yeah, are, thank you. Um, who's Ace? Tell us about Ace.
4: Ace is such a big personality. Um, yeah. I My personal husband is Ace. But yeah, <laughs> he's very tall. Um, one of the first times that I realized that the animals were recognizing me specifically was with Ace. I brought my husband out kind of when I had been volunteering for a few months, and Ace ran over to me. First, like we were at very opposite ends of the fence and he immediately came to me and I was like, oh, you like remember me from last time. So that was
6: great.
4: (laughs) Um, Ace has been at the refuge for several years now. He was rescued. um, His mom, sweet mama, who unfortunately passed a few years ago. Uh, She was at a slaughter auction. She had been a dairy goat for seven years. And at that point, you know, they don't really produce as much anymore. So that's typically when they're sold off. Uh, She was pregnant. And when they sold her to the slaughter auction. And she escaped the slaughter action, jumped a bunch of fences, Mm. and ended up in uh, like on this large cattle farm kind of near the refuge. And someone contacted us and um, kind of watched over her for a few days. She gave birth shortly before coming to the refuge to Ace and Ivy. So he has a twin sister as well. And they got to live a really good few years together as a family unit, which was really kind of the best thing because, you know, knowing that she had been a dairy goat for seven years, how many babies she had had taken away already. And the fact that she got not long enough, but still at least a few really good years with her, her son and daughter. So yeah, that's Ace.
1: Yeah. The hard part about running a sanctuary. Losing oh, yeah. Them. yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Are, are you the founder?
4: I'm not. So I'm the administrative director. Um, Many of you probably know Lenore, who is our founder. She wasn't available today, but she is incredible. Um, The vision that she has for the refuge is amazing. And when she knew she wanted to start a sanctuary, she worked, volunteered, interned at like a bunch of other places. So she could really learn as much as she could before starting it. So I think she's done such a good job of like always wanting to do things sustainably. Um, so, you know, we, we always try to have the funding and the structure and the support in place before we take on more animals than we can handle. Um, so that's a really amazing thing. And then her husband, Paul, uh, he's an architect and he designs all of our buildings. And I'd say that's one of my favorite Uh, things.
1: That's a handy person to have around. Yeah,
4: exactly. (laughs) It's one of my favorite things about the refuge is his vision of, animal-centered design. So he will spend all of this time um, watching animals, observing them, and seeing kind of like what their habits are, what they like to do during the day, so that all of their houses aren't just barns. They're like places that enrich their daily lives and really meet um, not just their needs, but the things that they want to do with their time as well.
1: That is so cool. Tell him I'm going to call him this week. (laughs)
4: <laughs> yeah, I will. It's been, it's really been cool Maybe in the past we'll do a
1: couple of years. sketches for
4: us. It's been cool in the past couple of years. He, he, he talks to other sanctuaries frequently and helps out with questions about design. And um, I think it's been a really amazing thing to be able to have those connections with other sanctuaries around the country um, where he, he travels to places to visit their cows um, while preparing for our new cow structure. Oh, and then, yeah is able to also share kind of his input on, on design stuff too. So
2: yeah, it's been Daniel, really cool. Danielle, yeah. cool. can I just share one thing? Oh, please do. Yeah. Cause they
4: visited you recently, right?
2: Yeah. They visited us yeah. very recently and they literally spent an entire day just sitting in the pasture, observing the yep. cows' behavior, how they moved around, what they did wow. at, at, at early morning versus late evening, and, and sketching. Paul was sketching, and mm-hmm. I won't spill the beans because it might change, but the sketch, the the, the idea that he came up with while they were here was amazing.
4: Yeah, wow.
2: and, and actually, oh, go ahead. No, it just, yeah, it was amazing, amazing. We,
4: just recently shared on our patreon for patreon subscribers we shared the first mock-up of the cow house so it is available to patreon subscribers and we will publicly be sharing it pretty soon too Um, but yes it it looks really good so
2: is it the concept that he came up with
4: probably i so lenore actually just recently made some scans of some of his sketchbooks so we can have that kind of archive as well um so i'm not sure exactly Okay. trying
1: to get information here. We're trying to get information.
4: I
2: am.
1: She's not giving it up.
4: Not yet. (laughs) But there are some really, really cool features that, that, you know, like you were saying, it's the difference between what they want to do at day and at night and how they interact with each other and how they interact with nature and how they interact with their house kind of structure. So it's really exciting.
1: Well, I'm looking forward to seeing that. That's pretty amazing. Wow. Very cool. Very cool. All right. We have... One more sanctuary with us. Last but not least, hi, Michelle. How are you?
7: I'm doing all right.
1: Love how them. are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. It's great to see everybody come out today. I love this. Happy
7: to be here. Yeah. I'm feeling so much pressure since I'm the last one to talk. Oh, God. Like yeah, isn't to, that the worst? I have oh. to say something fascinating so it's worth the wait. And I'm just, <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling pressure.
2: Oh, we'll boy. be very enthusiastic. Nah, okay, great. It's
1: all good. So tell everybody about Wildwood.
7: <laughs> Wildwood Farm Sanctuary is in Newburgh, Oregon. That is right smack in the middle of the uh, Willamette Valley wine uh, region. Mm. Um, our founder, Shauna Sherrick, is a local veterinary technician. She's worked in a local mixed animal hospital for over 20 years. And this property is a beautiful 98 acre little corner of the world that has been in her family for three generations. Uh, Her grandparents farmed there, And then her parents had the property and now she is raising her twin sons there and um, has turned the sanctuary into a permanent nature preserve and a farm animal sanctuary. So the preserve part is, um, you know, the, the property has beautiful native Oregon white oak savannas. Um, beautiful, lush evergreen forests with some creeks and streams that are home to numerous, numerous little, um, you know, frogs and uh, various wetland creatures. Uh, there are some wetlands. Um, there are a few acres of pear orchards. A few acres where we grow um, all of the hay that the animals eat through the year. And then, of course, we have about 100 formerly farmed animals. We've got seven beautiful bovines, some goats, sheep, alpacas, uh, and then, uh, you know, Chickens, turkeys, ducks, geese, and uh, peacocks. And so they get to live, you know, very peacefully and have their, their wonderful, you know, happy sanctuary life where they get to choose their friends and choose what they do with their days and live out their natural lives and um have the kind of lifestyle that they that they all deserve but they live peacefully along with the wildlife that visits there and um you know sometimes we've had arrangements with local um wildlife rescues and so that when there are you know say me like like some orphan baby skunks that when they were Rehabilitated and ready to be returned to the wild. They came to live in the wildwood forest. And so uh, it really is a pretty magical place and the kind of place that's disappearing because, uh, you know, a few decades ago uh, when, you know, Shauna and I did not know each other when we were growing up. We only met when uh, wildwood was an entity. Uh, But we both grew up um, in this valley in the 80s and back then it was a it was a farming community and this 100 acre spread that was you know owned by one family and managed you know was not such a rare thing and these days now those have all been broken up um and if they become wineries, they become this monoculture. I mean, it's beautiful to look at. It's picturesque because they plant these beautiful, neat little rows that make these, you know, lovely patterns on the hillsides, but, you know, not at all natural for an entire little ecosystem to be, you know, dedicated to one kind of plant life. Um, And then, of course, they put up big old deer fencing and, you know, stop all the wildlife, uh, you know, corridors and um, and so it really interferes with wildlife, and 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 Wildwood now is a rare gem. Um, and we've been working with the local water conservation board. Got a lot, uh, grant uh, to do the land and water conservation, and really restore the natural condition of the sanctuary there. Really nurturing the uh, native plants and animals, and so it's a it's a lovely place where we feel like we get to model for the rest of the world what life really could be like if we lived in harmony with with all of the animals
1: yeah it sounds that way wow Mm -hmm. i gotta come visit i need to yeah you would love it (laughs) (laughs) so tell me about um i don't have the name of your goat but i have his picture
7: billy blue eyes Billy Blue
1: Eyes.
7: Billy Blue Eyes is one of my best friends in the whole world. He's just a big love. You know how goats are really like big dogs. They are. Uh, And uh, yeah, he is, and and of course, just has these stunningly beautiful blue eyes. He's an elderly guy. He's one of the first uh, residents to come to the sanctuary. So he's worked his way up to you know senior executive status. He's worked his way up the management (laughs) ranks. He makes most of the decisions, Um, and he. a few months ago, actually, was playing like a young goat, even though he's an old guy, and he fell really hard off of his big old climbing structure, and he broke his leg. Oh, and it was a bad enough break that the surgeon recommended amputation as the most uh, humane uh, treatment and so he is back and even as an old guy he is learning all of his tripod tricks and yeah. um you know just an amazing uh resilient buddy like like we know that all these creatures to be but um you know we, we we rented a cargo van from u-haul to take him to his appointment because we had you know we had a choice between the big stock trailer Just too big and too bumpy or, you know, like a Subaru station wagon. Um, So we rented a cargo van um, and got him there and it worked really well. But, you know, the other thing that's a reality right now, especially with all of the nature that surrounds our sanctuary is wildfire season. It was, you Uh, know, like everybody else, it's just ridiculously hot. It was 105 degrees yesterday on the sanctuary, which was used to be unheard of in the Willamette Valley. We're a little, you know, rainy, wet northwest Valley um, that now has months of fire season every year. Last year, there was a fire that raged for weeks on the ridge right above the sanctuary. Definitely a tense time. We wondered if we would have to evacuate all 100 animals on short notice. And, you know, thank goodness we never did have to. And in fact, we were able to take some animals that did have to evacuate from other nearby sanctuaries. But we are now watching the sky turn orange. Uh, Just on Facebook yesterday, Shauna posted a picture of the orange sky at sunset Mm -hmm. with the peacocks sitting on the fence and and watching it. And um, there are fires raging around us. So this cargo van um, is the focus of our Goat Games fundraiser. If we can buy a cargo van, have it on there, it's a really good medical transport and it will help us more quickly evacuate if we need to.
1: And people say there's not climate change.
7: Yeah. Yeah. Look at the sky. Yeah. Look at the the thermometer. The world world is burning. The world is burning. The world is burning. It is on fire everywhere on the globe. It's so heartbreaking to see, you know, people evacuating a Greek island. And, um, you you know, the animals don't all get out. I mean, all of us that we, you know, we grieve and we worry for the animals that uh, are paying, you know, a much bigger price for this. Than humans and humans are paying quite a price as well.
1: Yeah. yeah. Very sad. Very sad. All right. Well, All right. I was is... going to
7: try to say something fascinating and then I just depressed everybody.
1: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you know, it's the reality of, uh, of what we do, I think, but, uh, yeah, there was, uh, um, Three legged animals, it's amazing how they bounce back. And uh and you said it perfectly, they're just like dogs. Um mm-hmm. uh dogs with horns, I call them, you know?
7: <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. We love our goats. They're just so much yeah. fun. They're it's um um all of our goats run loose so they yeah. at night they sit at the front door of the house the whole group <laughs> so it's kind of it's kind of funny <laughs>
7: yeah well because we're also a nature preserve um all of our goats need to be closed up at night they run loose yeah, during the day I, yeah. uh but at night um you know we've got we've got cougars and bobcats cougars, and yeah. all kinds of uh, wildlife around us so everybody's everybody's tucked in at night yeah, yeah
1: that's that's perfect awesome great All right, guys, thanks for coming out today. I'm so excited to have everybody here. Good luck everyone on your fundraisers and uh, I'll be watching. I'm looking forward to seeing pictures from the events. Thanks for coming out. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, of course.
7: Ready, set, goat. Ready, set, goat. (laughs) Here we go.
1: All right, guys, I'm gonna close the show. Uh, Tomorrow, I know we're over time, we're good. Tiffany right? I'm going to keep talking. <laughs> so tomorrow for, um, for a little bear sanctuary, uh, actually, sorry, but, uh, Sunday, we're going to be at millennial brewing in Fort Myers for a vegan brunch. I hope you guys will come out and join us. I know we're, we're having a tropical storm this weekend. Um, but what a, you know, we'll all drink together inside where it's dry. Uh, so yeah, come out, come out and see us this Sunday. Um, and it's, it's Millennial Apothecary Flying Yield. All, they're all in the same location in Fort Myers. Uh, and August 21st, um, we're gonna do uh, the closing events, not all of yours wear capes. Our development committee is doing some really fun stuff in Ohio at Whetstone Park of the Roses. And they're having, they have a whole list of events. Um, and, yeah, so uh, my guest next week is my good friend, Debbie, uh, with your vegan home. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to cook together. And, uh, yeah, uh, uh, what a fun show today. Um, thank you for everybody was here. Sorry I didn't get to go down the list. Uh, hi, Wilma. <laughs> hi, Nana. Hi, Michelle. Hi, uh, Kim. All right, guys, I'm going to sign out. Um, it's me, Chris Vane, signing out. Remember, peace begins on your plate. Love you guys. Bye. Don't want the fun to end? Grab more refreshments.
6: Then head over to the Goldilocks Productions YouTube channel.
1: With the huge selection of shows, the fun
2: doesn't have to end. Have ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well?